Hello and welcome to the Old Casters, the weekly pod where two old men have a laugh, moan, and talk a load of nonsense along the way. We also try and learn something new if our old brains can handle it. We are Smith and Jones, and without further ado, oh hi Mark, hi Ben, woo, big summer blowout. <laughs> How are you, sir? How are you? I am very well. Happy episode four. I know. Um, we was talking, uh, me and the wife were talking about that. I can't believe we're up to episode four already, mate. It's unbelievable. And uh, well done us. <laughs> Our guest star later is Lavender Rose Gaming. Lavender Rose Gaming. Well, won't that be a treat for the listeners? Hmm? Mm, they'll yes. enjoy that. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> How are you? Yes, actually, pretty good. Uh, had a quiet weekend, but as an old man, quiet weekends are my thing now. We're planning a surprise 70th birthday party for my dad tomorrow, but it's been in the making for a little while. We didn't just do it yesterday, which was nice. Uh, the wife and I played some Lorcana, to which she still holds a 7 0 win over me. And Siemens, I wanted wow. to play. You're shit. Yeah, I am shit, mate. So I'm going to try her uh, and nick all her cards. Oh, no, you've not you've not got another one. Oh, I win. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dogs are well. They went on some lovely walks before the rain and before the sunshine got up, so they were good. Yeah, that's about the long and short of it, Mark, mate. Uh, to be honest, there's nothing too uh, overzealous over the weekend. How about yourself, mate? How was your weekend, sir? More interesting than mine? Very quiet. Not done anything, really. Seems like we're being proper old men, mate, this weekend. Well, last week we were talking about Kerry having the Rona. Yes. This week, Mary has the Rona. And somehow you and I are avoiding it. Life just goes on for us two. We just slave away. This is it, mate. This is it. I'm glad you're saying it. And (laughs) I'm brave and my missus ain't in the room either as well. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, To be honest, I'm going to touch some wood. I'm going to touch me temples because I understand that's like touching wood in my brain. Um, Yeah, I thought that I would definitely get it or that my boy would get it. And I'm sure you would... Probably. I thought I did have it because I felt rough. Proper. But I took I took two tests and they were both negative. I took one Tuesday evening and then another one Wednesday morning. Yeah, both so negative. So I was like, oh, guess I'm going to work then. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rona. Bollocks. Hit me! Hit me! <laughs> I suppose I should really say I'm thankful not to have got it because having seen what Kerry went through, um, is this Mary's first time or she had it before? I think this is her second time, but it's definitely worse this time. Yes, it's, it's a horrible thing, and it's it's horrible. I, how is she doing at the moment? Is she resting and whatnot? No, she seems better today. She's around the corner today. We've been out. We did a boot sale, and we went to a garden centre. So we had a nice morning this morning. We bought more things and spoilt the hamster, that fucking little prick. <laughs> now, now. Let's get into it. The in-laws have dubbed her Hammy Houdini because she escaped. She was missing for a good 12 hours. I think this was the first proper day where Mary was off with COVID and I was at work all day and she was texting me all day saying, I can't find her. And then like half an hour later, it's like, no, she's not in the cage. Half an hour later, she's 100% not in the cage. So we're both stressing out all day long. (laughs) Oh God. And then I finally, well, I finish work. I have to go do shopping on the way home. I get home, put all the shopping away. And then I have to turn this office upside down. We kept the office door shut, which is where Bort lives or lived. So I knew she had to be in here because the door was shut. There's no gap big enough for her to get through, even though she's only a little thing. But yeah, I I found her 
behind in down the bottom of one of the bookcases she got inside she'd prized her way through the back of the bookcase got into the bottom shelf behind the books and couldn't get back out again so she was just chilling down there i managed i pulled the i pulled the bookcase out looked behind it and saw the pile of poo which gave her away <laughs> the pile of shit leads that the was way. how i located her she left a breadcrumb trail <laughs> so uh we have spent a stupid amount of money now on a new hamster prison which is like three times the size of her previous one, which was already like three times the size of that previous one. And we've bought lots of things to go in it for her to keep her enriched and so <laughs> that she doesn't want to escape. <laughs> we've watched lots of hamster TikTok and lots of hamster YouTube to make sure that we spoil her rotten and we're both going to be brassic for the rest of our lives because of this fucking little... Oh, don't. But she deserves it because she's so cute. I'd like to name her prison, please. Okay. Can we call it... Her Fortress of Solitude. Her Fortress of Solitude. She's like Superman. Yeah. Superham. She's got a break open a shirt and like, da, 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 I've broken out dead. Woo. I tell you what, small animals, and I know from uh, owning small animals myself, if they get out whilst well, you haven't seen them, it's the most worrying thing on earth because yeah. they can get into all sorts of nooks and crannies. And me and Kerry are sitting there going, if she could get behind, like if she got into your toilet and got behind the, under the bit that behind the basin, you sometimes there's bits where it leads down under the floorboards, and yeah. there's nothing worse than trying to sort of tempt them out with their uh, well, food basically is the only thing you could tempt them out yeah. with, isn't it? I was confident that she was still in the office, but once I started pulling bookcases out and I could hear her scratching around, I was terrified that she got behind the skirting boards. Yeah, that was my worry because it's like all of a sudden you're like handy, handy, and knocking everything yeah. out. <laughs> get out, get out. And I don't own. I don't own this place. This is rented. We can't start taking it apart. <laughs> <laughs> Come what's that oh, nothing mate nothing it's just a uh, new game i'm playing it's called handyman you know, you'd love it anywho well i'm glad that bought has found a way back to yourselves and she didn't go far because there's nothing worse than losing an animal especially one so tiny and one hmm. so cute she is our child of course she is i'm not being funny you're in charge you're in charge of another life. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They, they rely on yeah. you for this warmth and safety and all that stuff. So before we go into the feedback and correspondence, um, we're going to visit Luffy Gate one last time. The last trip to Luffy Gate. Because two weeks ago, you said Luffy. Last week, you apologized for it. Just need to bring up the fact that your apology was lousy and it hasn't been accepted in the community may i say that hasn't been accepted by one of the community all of us <laughs> mr wonkster is the mouthpiece for us all how does he speak for the entire community does he he's the one piece boy okay here we go dear cast listeners i'd like to th- ask you all for your forgiveness and using the words luffy instead of luffy damn and that if my apology is not felt by you all this time round. Suck an egg. That should work. I think they'll. I think they'll be fine with that. I can't see what could possibly go wrong with that apology. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, mate. That's got class written all over it. That is. I have some feedback from last week myself. We were chatting with Mister Narkills about how long you can hold your breath. Again, this is the last time we'll visit this. We're going to stop talking about this. <laughs> but uh, Mister Narkills said he was a mud skipper. Yes, and I asked you during our little pre-podcast meeting what the fuck is a mud skipper now mud skippers first of all are not very pretty things so i do apologize in advance mr now i'm going to bring them up on wiki for me again now so these mud skippers mark they are just 
like frog, not frogs. They're not quite frog looking things. I don't know what they are, but the thing that I took away from most of all is they like to keep themselves moist. Oh, moist. Moist. Uh, minus that. Mudskippers have the ability to breathe through their skin and lining of their mouth uh, and throat. This is only possible when the mudskippers are wet. Oh, they're hideous. They are. Oh, you've seen them now. They're horrible, I've just Googled it. Told you. Proper grim. The only they, thing I like They're about kind them, of salamander-esque, aren't they? Yes. They're salamander-adjacent. Bloody awful looking. I don't know that much. They're kind of like a salamander, but they've only got two arms, and they've got their eyes bulge out the top of their heads <laughs> like a frog. And they've got some of them have got like dragon fins as well. No, no, they're weird, aren't they? Ugly bastards. I wonder how, and this will be a question for Nara, I will ask him again. How on earth, when we ask that question, his brain went to mudskipper? Yeah. All the things you could have chosen, you know. He must like, know one. Mm. He must know one personally. <laughs> and also, Mark. What you got for me? Well, I, I sent you a link because, again, we, we have had a, we do have pre-podcast chats now because we like to try and keep it toit like a toyger. And we were talking about the, what are they called, century eggs? Is that the right word for them? Yes. Century eggs. So I was trying to find the old meats and other foods that are just weird. And I sent you a link to the uh, 50 weirdest foods from around the world webpage. And out of all these, you know, you've got your usuals, you've got haggis and chicken's feet, which I don't think in today's world are that weird. But the big one at number five that really caught my eye, and I shouldn't be as shocked as I am now, is tuna eyeballs, Japan. Of course it's Japan. I know they love the weird and wonderful, but these tuna eyeballs, mate, at number five, I mean, they look horrid. Well, i just seen the tuna eyeballs. No, thanks. They're fucking huge, aren't they? You forget how big tunas are. Oh, mate. They are massive. They are absolutely massive. They are hench eyeballs. There's Sustroming. Yeah. There's the century egg. Yeah. Again, the Shikokara. 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 I can only say Japanese words in that voice. <laughs> Anime voice. Yamaha. Mitsubishi. Nani. Ah, Toyota. Sorry for all our Asian listeners. Ah, 14. There you go, Mark. There's our favorite 14. Wasp mm. crackers. I love a wasp cracker. Just like mum used to make. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I found my, oh, I'm not sure if this is worse than the tuna eyeballs or not, but witchetty grub. Blech. They're big boys. Rotting carcass of a Greenland or basking shark. What? Yeah, go to number eight. Hekal or something, Iceland. Basking shark. It's buried underground in a shallow pit and pressed with stone, so the poisonous internal fluids that allow it to live in such cold waters can be drained out making the meat safe to eat. <laughs> a smell that's described as ammonia-rich. <laughs> described by Anthony Bourdain as the single worst, most disgusting and terrible tasting thing he tried. Right, some of that for the next meetup. Question, right? Especially for that one, because it's got this poison stuff in it. Do you think when they went out and they went and harpooned one of these sharks, they bring, like, <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, right, and they dug in and then they started croaking it, and then someone, how did someone know? I tell you what we need to do. We need to bury it and press it with a load of stones. That'll work. No, this is a whole other avenue. We don't have time to go down, but me and Mary talk about this all the time. Is who the fuck, how did we invent that this was a thing? Who invented cake? Yeah. Who decided that these things go together and it would be delicious? Exactly, right? Anyway, I'm at Stinkheads from Alaska. The fermented head of a king salmon buried underground for a few weeks and eaten as a pungent putty-like mush. 
Oh, here we go. On the similar note to what we were just talking about, this isn't old meat, but this what? is, I know this very famously from The Simpsons. This is fugu. Oh, yes. The, um, the potential to be deadly if prepared incorrectly. Only chefs that have been drilled to perfection are allowed to handle the serving of the puffer fish. That's it, puffer fish. It's said to make one mean little sashimi dish. Would you eat puffer fish? No. If it wasn't poisonous, I would eat anything. But just it's just the risk of it could kill me. Well, no fucking basking shark for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just out of interest, have you seen 38? No, I haven't got that far yet. You might not want to. Kangaroo, crocodile, rattlesnake, guinea pig. Guinea pig? Starfish, oysters. Ah! Yep, I told you. I've, I have heard no! of this stuff. Ba- balut? Balu? Yeah, Balut. A balut. developing duck embryo that's boiled alive in its shell. As well as sounding incredibly harsh, it looks incredibly unappetizing. Yes. It's a common street food and is usually served with beers. That is awful. Why is there a picture of that one? I don't like it. I hate it. No. Yeah, Poor duck. B-A-L-U-T. Don't Google it, but that's yeah. how you spell it. Don't Google Poor it. Poor little ducky. Bush meat. In- <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Bush meat in Africa includes flesh of wildlife like giraffe, lemurs, and even apes. That is verging on cannibalism. Yeah. Ben, are you ready? Love being ready, Mark. Go. Listeners, are you ready? Yeah. Yes, I am. Which of these are the oldest men? I wonder if you can tell me, Ben. Put them in order if you can. Tell me who is the oldest man. Ah. Ben Jones. Mark Smith. And the listeners. Play along. I am about to give you the names of three old male I want you to sort these three presidents in the correct order, oldest to youngest. Are you ready? Let's do better than one out of three this time. Your three names are George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump. Right, okay. Let's have a think now. Bush is old. Trump could be much older than he looks because he's a billionaire and he could just spend lots of money having facelifts. And I think Clinton's the youngest because... Yeah, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Give it to me. I think in oldest to youngest... Bush... Trump... Clinton, lock him in. You're saying Bush is the oldest, then Trump, and then Clinton. Even though I really want to swap now, Bush and Trump. But no, I'm going to go with my my first answer, please, Mark. My first, lock him in. Ben. Did at least get me one. Guess what? Did what? Guess what? You had one right. If you'd have done what you said, I'm tempted to switch. You would have got all three. Oh, I knew that was. I knew that Trump was the bloody. But here's the kicker. Go on. I've been a very, very cheeky boy. <laughs> this is why I got excited. <laughs> Go on. Then. You wouldn't believe it. They are all 77 years old. No. Donald Trump is the oldest at 77 years, 95 days. Then it's George Bush, 77 years, 73 days. And then it's Bill Clinton at 77 years, 29 days. Whoa. Clinton's looking <laughs> good for his age. I think that was the most fun one yet. I enjoyed doing that. 
chat listeners, let me know how you did. Old news. Yes, old news. Actually, we've got for the community, we've actually got some cracking news. Now, you've had one of these before, but I wasn't really mega into it when when you had your last one was it how many how many old men days have you had before please mark one oh i was gonna get excited there i thought you was gonna say you've had like two this year on november the 12th will be the second anniversary of me and slim creating the old men community so november the 12th is old men day this year that falls on a Sunday, and we normally like to do our celebrations on a Saturday. So we are announcing here first on the podcast that Saturday, November the 11th this year will be Old Men Day. Is that an exclusive, Mark? Yeah. <gasps> exclusive, cast listeners. So we are going to do the same thing we did last year and have a raid train day. And that was last year I streamed for three hours and then i raided into i think it was shmallow who went next who is sadly not part of the stream team anymore and he raided into tunny and then it was slim boy and then it was mr narkills all five of us streamed for three hours and raided into each other and it was a big long celebration day of the old men and what else did we do i recorded a song if you check out the old men youtube channel I recorded a one year of old men song and got the other boys to take part and help me out with that. That was brilliant. We're going to do lots of that sort of thing. Get together, have a big celebration of not just us four, but um, lots of other fun things will be included as well. And we may have a special announcement or two on the actual day, a surprise in store for you all. But Ben, this is your moment to shine. (laughs) So Saturday, 11th of November, we're doing the raid train day. But the yes. day after, on actual Old Men Day, on Sunday the 12th of November, yes. something else is happening. What are we doing? We are having the very first Old Cast Live. Live! Live episode of Old Casters. So me and Ben are going to sit here and record as we always do, but we are going to stream it live on Twitch and we will be taking questions and hanging out with you guys. It's going to be... a we haven't structured it yet. We haven't come up with any of that sort of thing. There's no planning going into it, but it's going to be with you guys live with chat. We'll get some of you in to talk to us if you want your voices on the podcast. And we're just going to hang out and have a stupid old time. And I will upload that afterwards. And it'll be a special Old Men Day live version of the podcast. So that's November the 11th and 12th. Yes. It's like Old Men Weekend rather than an Old Men Day. Oh, that is fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we are yet to iron out the details, as Mark said, but we will have a structure at least. But you'll be able to see us live doing our thing, our thing, and we, uh, it'd be nice to get some people in to ask some live questions as well. Put us on the spot. So excited to do a live version of this podcast, and it should be fun listening back to it afterwards as well because I'm sure it's going to be absolute chaos. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be very exciting. Would you like some real-world old news from the past seven days? Is this van news? Yes. These are bits and pieces, only two bits and pieces that I've heard from the radio the past week. Police officer borrows child's bike to catch a suspect in Gosport. There is, I think it's Hampshire Police Force on Twitter. They actually uploaded the video of this. 
But a police officer chased down a wanted man on a child's bike after borrowing it from a boy she saw cycling nearby. PC Harriet Taylor managed to pedal after the suspect and make the arrest in Gosport on Friday evening. True to her word, the Hampshire officer later found the boy to return his cycle, which she said was a great help. A 47-year-old man was held on suspicion of theft, burglary and shoplifting. And quite a humorous video of a full-grown adult police woman on a child's bike. How big was the bike, please, Mark? Not very. It was a very small child. Was it like the Goonies where Josh Brolin's character nicks the little girl's bike with the stabilizers? It's like it's clown stuff. (laughs) Oh, well done to that police officer person, though. And uh, Ben, would you like a famous actor to walk Boo and Ghost for you? I'd love that. Okay, well, I've got a link for you. Right. Clickety click, two fat ladies. Oh, my lord. This is. So basically, Hollywood stars are doing odd jobs to fund for writers' healthcare because, you know, the writers are all currently on strike. Nothing's getting done in Hollywood. Nothing's happening at the moment. Nothing's being created. Yeah. So this is, I've sent you a link to the eBay auction and the list of things that are on there and how much they are currently going for as of Sunday the 17th of September. We're recording this at quarter to nine at the moment. So we've got Tom Waits' hat. Signed, $4,350. I mean, I wouldn't mind the app, but I mean, you get a lot of fedoras for that. What about dinner with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross for $10,000? I mean, they're both really good actors, but for ten grand, that's a, a very good holiday, so eh. How about a Funko Pop Hulk signed by Mark Ruffalo, $800? I mean, I could probably try and copy that and <laughs> sign it for you. <laughs> There's Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation. He will walk your dog for an hour, currently at $2,500. I'll just fly him out to where lace so you can have a quick walk with him. <laughs> Watercolour portrait of your dog by John Lithgow, $4,450. Do you know what? I'd actually pay for that. Yeah. I like John Lithgow. Yeah, uh, he, he's been some cracking stuff he has. This is the one that I saw and I shouted at Mary because she absolutely loves It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And this is an exquisite corpse drawing Zoom with Charlie Day and Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who I believe is his wife. But she plays the waitress in It's Always Sunny. I don't think I've ever watched that. Is it worth a watch? Definitely. Okay. What is it called again? It's Only Sunny it's in... All, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. 20 questions slash 20 minute Zoom with Sarah Silverman. $1,975. 20 minutes, 20 questions with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Two thousand. $25. I mean, do you reckon I could ask him if I could see their breasts? <laughs> that sort of money, I might want to get something. <laughs> Take a pottery class with Busy Phillips in New York City, $3,550. <laughs> I like it when they're a Zoom meetup. Yeah, you can meet digitally through your computer. Zoom meeting with the cast of New Girl. That, that one's meant to be really sought after, I thought, wasn't it? $5,300. Some interesting ones. So, Donald Glover signed... Atlantic script with personal note plus awakened. Can't read the rest of it because it's not in shot. Am I missing a trick? Who's Donald Glover? I know Danny Glover. Donald Glover. He was in another one of my and Mary's favourite shows, Community, and he is Simba oh. in the new version of The Lion King, and he is Childish Gambino. Oh, oh, yes. Now I recognise his name. Anyway, yes, I'm, I, I think I'll be missing out on that dog walk. I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon I'll keep walking myself for that sort of money. 
Ben Jones, give me a crazy fact or two. Blow my noggin. Every time I try and blow your noggin, Mark, I don't. So I will try my best to get there. I've got two for you. And I think that one will be interesting and one might potentially blow your noggin. You ready? I'm so ready. So blow your noggin fact. Nutmeg is a hallucinogen. <laughs> no way. Because it contains myricetin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy and paste this because I've been trying to pronounce this all evening. And I'll let you try and pronounce it because I can't. That's the chemical it has. Myristicin? Yep, something like that. Pardon you. A natural compound that is mind-altering effect, that has, sorry, mind-altering effects. You can experience hallucinations if you ingest large quantities. Yikes. It's got written next to it. <laughs> that is mad. I've Googled natural hallucinogenics. <laughs> I'm going to be on some sort of watch list now. But yeah, it's in the same family as we've got cannabis, tobacco, coca, which is what cocaine comes from, opium, poppy. I don't know what the hell they are or how you say them. And then, yeah, nutmeg. So next episode, if cacti, if I see you keep doing bumps of, of nutmeg off your head. I've got a line of nutmeg on my arm, <laughs> hitting it periodically. Oh, yeah, that's the good nutmeg, that is. That is organic nutmeg. <laughs> right from the source, baby. <laughs> Yes. Uh, right. Okay. So here we go. McDonald's serves spaghetti in the Philippines. I love that. I love. I watch a lot of YouTube of that sort of shit about what McDonald's serve around the world. So in the Philippines, they've got spaghetti. Have they? Yes. This is it. The meat sauce pasta comes with a side of McDo fried chicken. <laughs> This sounds yeah. too tasty to be considered one of our weirder fun facts, it says. McDo fried chicken. I know when I was in Japan, we had, there was, in one of the burgers, they had prawns. Oh, I'm looking at it. It looks so sad. <laughs> so there you go. What do you think? Did you like them? Love that. In Australia, you can get a McChicken palm. Oh, yes, please. In Malaysia, you can have a cookie and cream pie. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> You think you're dirty again? Never. Lies. Singapore Samurai Burger. It's a beef patty dipped in teriyaki sauce. That'd be probably quite nice. Uh, Germany. It also has a muck shrimp. There we go. Muck shrimp. There you go. That's the one. It's really nice, actually. India has a veggie Maharaja Mac. That sounds nice. And a chicken Maharaja Mac. Sounds equally as nice. Seaweed shaker fries. Singapore. Mm, could be nice because the, they taste like salt in it. Right, oh, McDonald's in Canada does poutine. Oh. Are you familiar with poutine? Clem mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, introduced me to poutine when she was talking about on her stream once. Fries, gravy, and cheese curds. Yeah. Singapore again, coconut pie. When the moon hits the sky like a poker. China has pie. a taro pie. <gasps> what's, it, what's in a taro pie? You know, heard of taro root. So it looks like your McDonald's apple pie, but inside it's bright purple. That's what <gasps> kind of taro root is. Oh, taro root. It's like a, it's like sweet potato, but sweeter. Ooh. And it's a bright purple. Oh, well then. Australia, muck noodles. Mmm, uh, Singapore again. Singapore's got loads of weird shit. <laughs> Creamy chicken and herb pie. Mm. In the shape of an apple pie. They have McDonald's apple pie, but it's chicken and herb. Sounds like they're ripping in the Greggs there. I don't like that. Yeah, stay out, stay out of Greggs' lane. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's Singapore back yes. the fuck off don't come near my Greg's <laughs> I like them Ben there we go nice little rabbit holes for us to go down yeah. hallucinogenics and McDonald's oh mm-hmm. yeah damn that was good nutmeg 
Are you ready for my crazy news? Love it, mate. Love I'm it. I'm going to send you another link. It's something else for us to look at together. My crazy news this week comes in the form of the Guinness World Records 2024. Who has made it into the book for next year? Okay. It's all come out this week. So it's verging on crazy facts. I know my crazy news story this week. But I I thought that you would like this, Ben, basically. I know you're quite into this sort of thing. I'm not looking at you currently, mate, but it looks brilliant. Looking at the Guinness World Records. I know you're into your Guinness World Records and that sort of stuff. I do like a pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too. Mm. So we have Maya Peterson, 16 from California, broken the record for the most people Barani flipped over from a quarter pipe on roller skates. So it's basically where you do a flip and you do a 180 degree turn in the air while you're flipping. And she's done that on rollerblades over 12 people. Mate, well done, Maya. 16. We've got a 15 year old from Birmingham, Simeon Graham. He has broken three records. He's managed to achieve the most juggling catches in one minute with five, six and seven objects. Nicholas Cherrywood from the US has the largest collection of Care Bears in the world. He has a curious number, 1234, 1,234 cuddly companions, reported to be worth over £100,000. Amir Menendez, 14 years old, has grown what Guinness World Records say is the world's largest afro for a male. 19.67 centimetres high, 7.74 inches, 24.83 centimetres wide, 9.77 inches, and it has a circumference, Ben, of 226 centimetres, 88 inches. Do you know who held the world record before him? No. Afro man. Yeah? I, I, I just had that. I thought you were going to say you in your trousers. <laughs> Tian Rui, probably butchering that. Chinese, his 27-storey house of cards, 7 foot 4 inches tall, 2.17 metres. <laughs> and he's also broken the record for the tallest house of cards built in 12 hours which is 50 stories and is over 11 foot, 3.37 metres. So he broke, he broke the record for the tallest house of cars in one hour and 12 hours. One hour? Shit. The United Arab Emirates has hosted the largest ever gathering of people dressed as astronauts. 940 <laughs> people taking one giant leap into the record booths. <laughs> There's a ridiculous picture of them all in a car park. That's fucking, I bet that's fucking toasty in them, isn't Ooh, it? In, in the UAE. Sluggy pits there. Oof. Don't mess with Jiddy McCall from the US, who at 73 years old is the world's oldest competitive female ninja athlete. She looks ripped as well. She does look ripped, mate. Look at them legs. She appeared on a 2023 series of American Ninja Warrior. Jeez. Oh, look at this cow. See the size of this beast. Oh, dear. So this is a steer, a 13-year-old steer. So basically, if a cow is born, a bull calf. If it's left intact, it's a bull. And if it's castrated, it becomes a steer before it grows up into an ox. But this steer is 13 years old and it is six foot one inches. So taller than me, 1.87 meters. I didn't tell you that the bloke that he's using in the photo is only about two foot high. But the person in that photo is his loving owner, Fred Ballowender. <laughs> Good old Fred. Tom Enoch, who has Down syndrome, holds 24 fitness-related Guinness World Records under the publication's impairment classifications. His latest record is the most push-up burpees in one minute, having completed 16 in a minute. And a burpee is a push-up followed by a leap in the air. I can't even do one. Nah, me neither. Good on, Tom. Good on you, mate. Amanda Stalso from Denmark has achieved the most jumps on horseback (laughs) in 30 seconds. I've done 13. Some people are mental, aren't they? I mean, look, she's doing the splits there and all. 
Sidak Deep Chala, 15, has entered the Book of Guinness World Records for the longest hair on a teenager. His hair is four foot three inches, 130 centimeters. Melody Donchet is a French footballer who has set the female record for the most touches of a football with her souls in one minute. 227. That's mad. That is proper, mate. Dave Watson from Dunstable near us has the largest collection of number one singles. We've got 1,258 singles. There he is, lovingly, lovingly bathing in them. They asked me to bathe and I was like, up your bum, Guinness, I'm bloody, these are collector's items. And the final one is Ryusei Auchi from Japan. He's got the most skateboard ollies in one minute blindfolded. He managed to complete 33 jumps to land in the record books. Why has he got that stick? I'm not sure. Looks like he's cheating, doesn't it? Does it like he's cheating? He's got a stick. And yes, that's... They were cracking, mate. Now out on sale, the Guinness World Records 2024 book. Still a popular Christmas buy, that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ben, be right back. Mary is calling me. Mary's no. calling me. <clears throat> no, bro, you go and see to her, mate. Um. <gasps> Who's that? Um, it's me. <gasps> it's escapey bought. They won't let me leave. I keep trying to escape, but they keep catching me. They are smothering me too much with their love. Oh, but I love you so much, Bort. Maybe you should try a better escape route. Uh-oh, uh, uh, Daddy's coming back. Daddy's coming back. Okay, bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Sorry, mate, there was a spider. That's, yeah. Just had to deal with that, yeah. Don't worry, I was uh, uh, just chatting amongst myself, mate. Just chatting amongst myself. Where were we? Well, ladies and gentlemen... We'd like to welcome Lavender Rose Gaming, aka Charlotte. How the Hello. devil are you? Um, I'm I'm great actually. I'm really excited to be here. Um, how are you guys? We're good. I'm all right. Excellent. So, Lavender, normally when we have guests on, as you've probably listened to, because I know you've listened to our other ones, mm-hmm. we have a host of questions for you to answer. Yes. So, first of all, <laughs> tell us about yourself. Okay, so my name's Charlotte. I am from the southeast of England. Um, I've been a gamer for quite a few years, but I've only been streaming. I think this year will be my possibly my third or my fourth year. I was one of those people that started like streaming during like lockdown. So it was all a bit like, I remember getting my laptop on Christ, um, Christmas Day, on New Year's Day and be like, right, I'm going to stream. <laughs> so it was like, that was kind of what I did. Um that's it really. I think what else do I do? Um, I do writing, I do athletics bits and pieces, a bit of everything, family time. Just very, very busy lady, really. I think that's quite a common theme amongst the people that we've spoken to. A lot of them have said that they started streaming during lockdown. Yes. Yeah. It was um I know quite a few of the people that I kind of um met I got not met you know what I mean like the people that you sort of start following during you know when you start streaming and they got really really big really quickly and then when they all had to go back to work they just disappeared seemingly like off the face of the planet from like you never saw them streaming anymore and it's a shame really but I think um you know for some people it's worked out really well and others it's just like well it was a phase and then there's back to the real world isn't it i guess so just trying to make money while they're off work yeah exactly right exactly (laughs) exactly well thank you very much for that Um, how did you come up with your lovely username please (laughs) so um i love roses obviously um 
Roses are like my favorite, favorite flower, whatever. And it's like part of my middle name. And then um, lavender was, um, it's a weird Lady Gaga reference. So there's, um, she's got a song and she's about being like a lavender blonde or something. And it just, that, that line just stuck with me. And so I guess that's where it's come from. Would you describe yourself as a lavender blonde? No, <laughs> no, sadly not. No. <laughs> what does no. that even mean? I think when they say lavender blonde, it's like, um, it's like a sort of a grayish lilac sort of blonde tint on your hair, which oh. would be really nice, but I don't think I'll ever be able to get that without turning my hair purple or orange or something awful. So, Well, that's it. I didn't know that. I didn't know it came from a Lady Gaga song. There you go. So, Lavender, we were talking about and have been for the last, well, last episode into this one, and one of the questions yeah. that popped up was strange food. So what's the strangest food you've ever eaten? I think probably the strangest food, and I remember um, I went on a family holiday to Norway. It was my choice. It was my choice mm. to go. I've always wanted to go to Norway, whatever. I went in like my GCSE year, so quite a few years ago now. And it's nothing fancy. It's nothing particularly weird. But I had um, I had squid, squid and octopus, which you know yeah. was a bit like at the time. It was really nice. It just reminded me of like rubbery, salty chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how it how it sort of tasted but i mean you know i think that's probably the weirdest i think that probably is the weirdest thing i've ever eaten mary and me really like japanese food oh really like well like sushi or we've eaten a lot of octopus and squid and we really like it as well it's nice squid is the chicken of the sea (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it it. I don't, what I don't like is I've seen all these videos on like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and my over actual like Chinese or Korean or whoever like type ladies eating like proper little like baby squids. And I'm like, mm, no, no, I can't. That's, that's too much. Like for me, I've looked yeah. at it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit much. But then like, if it's like prepared properly and whatever, like squid rings, calamari or, you know, octop- you know, if it's prepared differently, yeah. it's, it's like, that's okay. But yeah, that, that, I think that's probably the weirdest my weirdest thing yeah that's that's not even that weird really i guess wait until you hear what we were talking about earlier about what some people eat there's some horrific shit in there i have a question for you from last week's guest mr narkills he says (laughs) my question for lavender is did phasmo make her bossy or has she always been this way wow okay so i think out of all the queens that play phasmo uh, I think actually I'm the least bossy. But I think we all know who roughly takes charge normally. And I say takes charge because she's not bossy. She just knows what she's doing. I'm, I'm actually not bossy. I just sort of go along. I just take my usual stuff and I go and do my thing and die usually. Well, Mr. Narkill seems to think that you're incredibly bossy. <gasps> wow. Controversy. Wow. Controversy. I'm very, yeah, I'm... Uh, I, I don't agree. <laughs> Has Mr. Narkills played with Annie? Um, and it's funny how I didn't even have to say, I didn't even have to say a name. When you, <laughs> you were like, oh yeah, just gonna. I'm not throwing my fellow queen under the bus. I can't do that. I'll throw anyone under the bus, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have played together though, actually. Or they may have done quite a while ago. But you know that when he does that thing on um when he did it on Saturday, like Rotate the Dead, I think we've been involved with that a few times, but not since yeah. the big massive Phasmo update. I don't think um 
they've played since then because she puts a lot of hours into that game like she has she's put an awful lot of she's put a lot of effort and research into it and she's oh you know you have to make sure that yeah if you're under 60 percent sanity and i'm just like but I, I just go in with my thermometer and when wave you it see around what level she is and she just knows what how what ghost is what without yeah. even having to get any of the clues she she is the phasma queen and she's yeah. like she knows she knows what to do so for our non uh, gaming listeners rotate the dead is not a game it's because phasma is so popular within the community that we have more people you can only have four people playing at once so that means yeah. that we have a queue that people then once someone dies in game they jump out the next person jumps in yeah lavender can you tell us what games do you primarily stream i do love horror games and I love simulator games. So I do like Phasmophobia, Lunch Lady, um, which if anyone doesn't know, it kind of took off a bit. Uh, it's a quite an indie game. It's about like you, you can either play on your own, you can play up to four people and you have to run around various maps collecting pages and keys to get into certain areas of the maps before the Lunch Lady comes and gets you. And she doesn't actually kill you. She just knocks you out and then you have to get your med kit and everything, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Lunch Lady is really good. It's quite cheap as well. So I stream that. Um, the truck simulator, <laughs> bus simulator, uh, duck simulator. I now have lawn mowing simulator, which is a bit nuts. But I, I just like simulator games. Hell yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So does Marku. I love the simulators. Yeah. So following on from that, Lavender, what is your yes. earliest video game memory? Actually, funny you should say that. Uh, I was talking to my boyfriend earlier about it. Because he, he rooted out his old Game Boy from the loft. And I was like, oh, my God, I have a Game Boy, like an original grey plastic one yeah. with Tetris. And it had Tetris and Lemmings. And that was, that was the, I think I got it for like a Christmas present or something a long, long, long time ago. And that was probably my earliest video game memory was like bashing out Tetris on my Game Boy. It's a good shout, that. In the back of the car. <laughs> I think we were all the same. <laughs> yeah. So, Lavender, what was your first music single and album, please? Oh, God. So, well, the one that I, like, bought as a CD, because, you know, like, back then you could actually buy CDs. Is that what you're asking? You can go with what you bought or what was bought for you. Oh, yeah. So, my very first album that I bought was Bewitched. Nice. <laughs> I remember I remember going into Sainsbury's and being like, this is the one I want. It was either Bewitched or Spice Girls. Actually, no, I think my first album was Bewitched and my first single was like a, a Spice Girls thing. It would have been because I was like massively into Spice Girls when I was younger. So, you know, nice. <laughs> that was it really. Nothing yeah. wrong with them two picks. My first album was Spice Girls. Oh, was it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Did you ever watch the movie? Did you ever watch the Spice Girls no, movie? No, I, I didn't. <gasps> oh my God, Mark, it's amazing. You have to watch <laughs> I don't think I could bring myself to do it as, as the age I was at the time. Oh, God. I'll go back and watch it now. Yeah. it's uh... <laughs> So the final question of the guest star segment, this little interview yes. bit, is most importantly for you to promote yourself. Tell us what days do you stream? Where can we find you? What do you get up to? So um, at the moment, my... My streaming schedule is a little bit wafty. It all kind of depends what else I've got going on. I try and stream either sort of Tuesdays or Thursdays. And 
and then like maybe a Saturday or Sunday morning, just like a random one. But again, it, it's not fixed, unfortunately. However, I do have um, my Discord and everything like that. I kind of post everything on, so that's kind of the best the best way. But yeah, it's either Tuesdays or Thursdays. Um, Where can we find you on Twitch? Oh, it is twitch.tv forward slash lavender underscore rose underscore gaming. <laughs> Lots of underscores. Yeah, I just sort of have a bit of fun. There's always lots of weird noises. Um, <laughs> whack. Lots of, lots of, <laughs> whack. <laughs> lots of quacking, lots of sound alerts, lots of burping and just swearing. There's some swearing. It's not bad. It's not awful. And uh, yeah, it's always, it's always a bit of fun. I never know who's going to turn up, which is kind of nice. So it's part of the fun though, isn't it? Yeah, because I because I don't have set days and I have so much other stuff going on. I do still want to try to, you know, streaming is my sort of um, way of just connecting like with my friends and like meeting new people and just having a laugh and just relaxing, just hoping that I can sort of provide some amusement to people if I've had like a bad day or whatever. So for me, I think that's kind of, that's the most important thing. And that's kind of why, you know, what I hope to achieve from, from doing my streams. That's lovely. That's lovely. Bang on. Lavender, we ask our guests who come and join us on the podcast to bring us a passion of theirs, or yes. as is often the case, multiple. But multiple passions. Hmm. Tell us, tell us what you're passionate about. I'm passionate. I think probably the thing I'm most passionate about at the moment is my writing. My writing has kind of. I want to say snowballed. I've been doing loads of it, really trying to make the effort to sit down and do it. It's like my little way of getting out sort of like the, my head sometimes and just sort of writing and just sort of getting all my thoughts down. And plus I've got my, my typewriters, my many, many <laughs> typewriters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I just sort of just get typing and it's just, it's just nice. So that's probably at the moment now athletics is sort of finished now until March next year during the winter and the autumn winter is when I do like most of my writing. So kind of just mainly poetry and things. So that's good. How many typewriters uh, do you own, Lavender? <laughs> uh, I would probably say around about 10-ish. Wow. At the moment. <laughs> At the moment, I'm not allowed anymore. Oh, I've not got any of <laughs> But no, I've... Yeah, they're all beautiful in their own way. Some of them are a bit wonky, don't work quite right, but that's kind of the... It's part of the charm, isn't it? That's the part of the charm. And I, I've got... Yeah, they do need fixing, but some of them need fixing. But, you know, so that that's it, really. So that's kind of fun. And I think, I guess, having the typewriters has made me write more because I think it's actually kind of fun, you know, getting the typewriter out and annoying everyone with all the noise. And it's just... <laughs> this is great it's just great no that's brilliant with your writing this is something i'm really curious about is mm. talk to us a bit about your creative process how what inspires you how do you come up with your your poems and and your writing how, how do you get them creative juices flowing i think I mainly sort of write about two sort of subjects. One is sort of about nature and how I feel like nature can, like people are like, and I know it sounds really cheesy and cliche, whatever, is how people can relate and be related to like the seasons and nature and how we all sort of, because obviously we're animals, we're all part of the natural cycle of the world and everything, but how, you know, um, 
yeah, just basically how we sort of go in line with nature. And then also the other part is like how I feel in myself and about how I feel about um, relationships and friendships and just weird sort of observations. And I write a lot about dreams and stuff like that. So it's mainly sort of stuff about nature and linking everything to that. And then uh, just how I feel sort of, you know, in myself sort of thing. So yeah, it's mainly kind of to do with those things. So is this something that you do from your office or do you go out into nature with, I don't know, with your notes on your phone and write? Yeah, we go out walking a lot um, and it's just kind of from memories and everything. And I just kind of um, just get little like things in my head. I'm very sort of connected again with music and sounds and smells and sights and everything and try to link everything together. And often I'll write notes on my phone or if I'm just sort of, this is where the typewriter is really good because I literally will, but sorry, I just burped. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing too much talking and not enough breathing. Um, is uh yeah with the typewriter it allows you to just write because you just think like with a computer you it's very easy to just edit you know you're, you're kind of stopping yourself before you've actually started yeah. so for me i just think with the typewriter just get it all out just write even if it's shit just write it out even if i just keep repeating myself just write it write it write it write it and then i just think then i pick bits out of it and i go right i like that don't like that can maybe reword that and then that's when i then transfer it to the to the computer and then kind of that that you know that that you know that's the process ultimately for me do you know what? i like i like that because you are right the downside of writing anything on a computer is the ability to there and then be spell checking it and is it grammar yeah. right and all the rest of it rather than just yeah. now oh, that's really cool yeah because i think for one of my one of my poems it's literally a page and a half long the amount of notes i've written i've written about four five pages of notes just for one poem and I just think that's kind of and a lot of it again like I said it's repeated but like I've met some people through because I do open mics and everything I go to these sort of you know I really enjoyed doing that actually getting up and reading them out loud to people instead of just sitting and reading to myself going oh that's nice you know it's kind of like I'm getting out and reading them to other people (laughs) so it's a lot of courage to do that as well Lavender so well done you it's been, yeah, thank you. It's been, actually, I went to an event last night um, with my mum and my boyfriend, a new one I've never been to before. Really, really nice. And they were like, oh, they they wanted more. And I was like, oh, I haven't got any more to read. So it was just, it was just really nice to have that sort of, um, that reception to it. Because, you know, when you're sharing something really personal, there is that sort of thing in your mind you kind of think well it's a bit like stand-up comedians is that they sort of just talk about just general observations and you know some of the jokes go down really well some of them don't but like you always try you always think you can sort of um relate to something they say and I think although I think my feelings are my own and how I feel about things are my own way of way of thinking of it is that actually so many other people feel the same so it's mm-hmm. like you have this shared sort of thing, although you think it's yours. But yeah, anyway, that that sort of it's it, it's been really nice. It's been really um, a refreshing experience, I think, to be able to do that for me. That's why I was asking, and that's why I'm curious because I obviously you know that I write a lot of music and I make a lot of mm. music at home, but uh, yeah. I have a real issue. So a lot of people don't know actually. Back in 2019, just before COVID, I actually recorded an entire album, mm. but. I just, oh, amazing. I haven't put it out there because I, uh, first of all, I, writing music comes so easily to me. But the mm. bit that I really, really, really struggle with is write, writing lyrics. Mm. 
also once I do write it, I find that it is really personal and I don't have the guts mm. to, to put it out there. Like I'm mm. almost embarrassed of it. Yeah. Do you have any advice on how to write <laughs> good lyrics and how to just get the stones to share it to the world? I think what you have to realise, and this is something that I've realised, is that, okay, two things. People might not like it, but that doesn't that doesn't matter because, I mean, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to like it and some people are going to be like, meh, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you've written it. It's how you feel. It's your truth. It's what you want to sort of say. And I think regardless, you know, you, it's the same as anything. You can't please everybody. But, you know, if you can at least touch a few people with your words and what you're trying to say, then I think that it's worth putting it out there. And I th- and I would always say, and I love it when I'm, a, I'm like by no means like an open mic expert, but like I've been to quite a few now and there's always someone new that turns up and they get the biggest round of applause ever. Even if it's not my sort of thing, I'll be like, you know, well, good for you, good for you getting up there, getting it out and just getting getting over those nerves of getting it out there. Because you, you just never know. And I just think you should just be brave, Mark, and just do it. Because you you just should. Because, you, you know, you don't know. It could be one person could hear it and it could just change everything. You just yeah. don't know until you try. Just just put it out there. Just be, just be brave and just do it. You, you have will. to, yeah. honestly. Okay, I will. Be brave. Yes, you should. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there, like, cheering them with my little flags. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a piece with you that you would like to read at the end of the sh- the end of this week's podcast yes yeah i, I do yeah i do awesome. i do okay. i do have i do have one yeah we would do that at the end that's lovely thank you very okay. much and i know you have another passion you glossed over it is do you want to speak at all about your throwing yeah yeah um so my throwing is something that has been very sort of it's a love-hate relationship that i have with it <laughs> with it um i started uh, quite well, probably about four years ago now. And I started with shot put, which was, I just wanted an excuse to get in the gym and get sort of lifting weights again and everything. And I thought if I have a reason, an extra reason, and a couple of my friends were involved in athletics and I thought, well, I'll try that, you know, whatever. Started to really enjoy it. And then my coach said, oh, you should, because um, obviously when you start that sort of thing, you had to be a part of a club and then had to be insured just because obviously it's dangerous and everything. And then, um, my coach said to me, oh, do you want to try discus? And I thought, mm, it's a bit weird, lots of spinning around. And then I started doing discus and I just really enjoy it. And I think um, obviously there's been ups and downs and I've had good days, good seasons, bad seasons, good competitions, bad, etc. just like anything. Um, this year has been a bit hit and miss, if I'm honest, um, just with training and my coach sort of being here, there and everywhere and not being able to train as much as I'd want and just actually just being kind of lazy as well because I've had all this other stuff going on and family bits and all sorts of other stuff. So I have felt a bit disappointed this year, but I'm just like, it doesn't matter to me because I just think it's my hobby. I enjoy doing it when I go and then I finish and, you know, I get to be outside, you know, fresh air, exercise. And I just think even if it's a bad session, at least I've, you know, had my uh, daily vitamin. In- <laughs> stretch the legs. Yeah, stretch the legs, stretch the arms. It's just good for the, you know, if I had a bad day at work, I could just go and throw it, throw it all, yeah, literally throw it all out in the field. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, that's good for me. So, yeah, I think next year, I'm hoping next year would be better. So is it just a hobby or have you actually done it as like a competition in front of people? 
Yeah. Yeah, I've done it in competitions. So um, it's, it's, it hasn't been anything like major. It's just sort of like local competitions, local like open events held by sort of various um, athletics clubs. Um, and we do like a league. So um, it's called the Southern Athletics League. So what you'll do is that uh, my club, you'll then go to other clubs and they might host like, you know, four other clubs at the same time. So you go and you sort of you know for the whole day and then you just do the all the track and field events but you'll be against basically the same the same people that have like men's events and women so you know full well if you're going to be throwing against and I also do hammer as well which is another kind of a kind of quite good fun but um it's one that I'm not so serious about but it's just fun to get to lob this like big ball on top you know on the Mm -hmm. end of a on the end of a wire (laughs) it's just that's a lot of fun that's a lot of fun but yeah, so no, I have I've competed, yeah, which is which is quite good fun. I love it. If you win the hammer event, does the person who wins it does the MC Hammer dance with baggy pants on? You know what? I would love to see that. <laughs> they don't. It's not a rule, but I could ask. I, I, I could try and make it happen. I want that put in, please. <laughs> I want everybody who does the hammer to be wearing parachute pants while they do it. Parachute pants. I think that would interfere with the movement, but I would love to do nah, that. That'd be fine. Yeah. Be fine. But yeah, no, it's it's good. It's again, it's um another sort of hobby, and I wasn't even considering at one point not doing it anymore, just because I felt like I wasn't having the time and I thought no I've put in quite a lot and I've when I look at my results over the last few years I have made big big improvement and I think I don't really want to sort of just give that up when I kind of feel like I've only just got started with it so that's kind of that's what's keeping me going with it really that's very good I like that I didn't know you had that many events under your under your belt mate oh I know (laughs) there you go MC Hammer (laughs) that's what your new nickname is gonna be now Right, okie dokie, thank you very much. So, at this point, we go into section five, ask us anything. And we actually have questions, I believe, Mark, don't we? Yes. So, where would you like to start? Would you like an email or would you like a voice note? Let's start with an email, because I believe you received the email before the voice note, sir. I put it out there into the ether last week on last week's episode i would like a question and please more if you're listening to this yes please from outside the community mm-hmm. if you could please email oldmenarmy at gmail.com if you are not a member of the old men oh army on discord <laughs> and Stuart Stuart griffiths has got back to me oh and his question for the three of us is as a hg driver i'm lucky enough to visit some amazing places I believe he listens to us in his lorry. My question is, where's an amazing place you visited and what was the reason for the visit? Ooh, good question. Ooh. First of all, I, I, I really want to be a truck driver. Sorry, I'm just going to get that. <laughs> just going to get that out there. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for you two to go first. Mark, you got it in your head? Because I might need a couple of seconds. I'm quite lucky. I am blessed to have been taken to a lot of places as a child growing up by my parents since I moved out. Not so much amazing journeys because I can't afford it. But I did go to Gdansk on the northern coast of Poland with Mary, and that was amazing. And I've been to places like Berlin and Amsterdam. I can do city breaks. I can't do anything too luxurious, but I do love my city breaks. But I've Mm. got to say, it might be a boring answer, but the one... Obviously, massive memory that really sticks out to me is going to Florida twice as a child 
going to Orlando oh. and doing Disney World and Universal and Sea Life mm. and all of them. Going to the Everglades and seeing the alligators. Oh. Obviously, the food over there is next level and giant portions. <laughs> that's the that's that's the first thing that sort of comes to my mind. My favourite place to go to, what I really love, where I really love, where my heart really lies, is down in Dorset, oh. particularly the Jurassic Coast, the Isle of Purbeck, specifically Swanage, Corf Castle, around that bit. Oh, I know you love Swanage. I love it down there. It is God's country. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love trying to get there as much as I can. I took, that was our holiday this year where I took Mary. We went for a few days. Mm. That's my favourite place. That's all 40s from Swanage. Is he? That's a 40. They called him to Manuel, he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's from his Swanage. <laughs> I love 40 Towers. Oh, my God. Ben, that crazy fact has blown my mind. <laughs> You're only four weeks late. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, just going back to what Mark said, again, I think of family holidays. I really like Cornwall. Uh, I had my honeymoon. Me and Kerry went there for our honeymoon in Cornwall. really like Cornwall. And um, what's the place just outside of uh, Cornwall? Devon. Devon and Cornwall. Really enjoy that sort of stuff. I've, I've only ever done Florida once, which was amazing. I did the Disney thing. But... I'd say probably the most amazing place I've ever been visited is Japan. I was waiting for that, you bastard. Oh, amazing. Uh, when did you go there? We we took, Jackson was only three or four when we took him as well. So wow. his, oh, first, wow. his first plane journey was a 12-hour hike, but we uh, we got recommended that you were, give him some Puritan, that makes him drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was amazing. Honestly, if I could recommend a place, if you like the culture, mm-hmm. if you like the food, which I know Mark does, it is yeah. an amazing place. We did all Tokyo Tower. We did all the bit. We didn't do the um, mm. bullet trains, unfortunately, because Jackson, we thought, might not survive that. But uh, Tokyo Tower is also home of One Piece. They've got a massive mm-hmm. One Piece land you can visit there, which Fuck is her. amazing. <laughs> that is our dream. If we ever come into a, a sudden a huge amount of money, if I ever win the lottery, the first thing we're doing is going to Japan for a month. That is our absolute dream. Never have I ever been to a place where they can't do honestly and be happy about it enough for you. Yeah. There's no, even the taxis out there, the drivers, not only properly suited and booted, looks like he's like the presidential driver, but they've got a lever. They crank and it opens the door for you. Now, I just thought stuff, little things like that always amaze me. I don't know why. And, <laughs> and the huge Godzilla that breathes out fire, eating gun, stand by his head. That's pretty sweet as well. But yes, I'd have to say Japan, hands down. I love the place. I think it's amazing. How about you, Lavender? Um, I've, yeah, like you say, I've, I've been kind of lucky to go to a few like a few amazing places. I've been to Norway. I went to Canada for about three months. So just after I left, I went to agricultural college. So I was going to, I've always loved horses, been involved with horses for quite a while. And I was going to do, um, I went to college to do horse management and I was very lucky to get like a placement to go to Canada for three months to do volunteering out there at a ranch and everything. And I went up the Rocky Mountains on horses and it was just, it was it was absolutely amazing. And we do have some extended family over there that I stayed with. Um, so that was probably like one of the best trips I've ever done. It was, I went on my own, you know, quite young doing a 11 hour flight to Vancouver, I think. 
but it was amazing. And I've been to New York, I went to New York for two weeks um, to visit some friends actually I met from gaming, which was amazing experience. That was quite a few years ago now, but yeah, so those, those places will always, I, w- I would love to live in Canada. I'd love to live in Canada. Um, I can't even imagine the scenery in rural Canada. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was just absolutely amazing. And I remember one of the first nights I stayed, um, when I was staying at the ranch, they had these big, like, um, panoramic, well, passe panoramic, where you had just sort of like a whole window, like a whole panel of sort of like sliding doors. And um, we were watching this, this storm rolling in towards us, like miles and miles in front of us. Like, you know, wow. you could just see, I don't even, I, I couldn't even quantify the amount of miles it was, but it was so far in front of us. And then it was just sort of rolling in and you could just see it. And then it was just the storms are just like nothing because everything's so big and expansive like it, there's so much expanse there you know everything just everything's so much louder you know um so it was absolutely incredible but um yeah canada and new york new york was a bit hot and smelly but there was a <laughs> <laughs> we went to um obviously quite prevalent at the moment we went to the amazing um world trade center uh, yeah. memorial and that was so Oh, it makes me shiver just thinking of now. I remember going yeah. and walking around and it was so it was so lovely. And there were loads of school trips there and I thought, oh, there's you know, you know what kids are like, they can just be idiots, but they, they obviously these children were like teenagers were just being so respectful and it was just so nice to see. Like genuinely they were just all very interested in what was going on and we just sat there for easily about two hours, we just had a you know, hot chocolate and a coffee and whatever. We just sat there, just sort of thinking about it all, and just thinking about well, where you where you're sat. You know, all this stuff was going on there. It was, it was just absolutely just you. You can't even imagine it. And then we went uh, on a trip down the Hudson, like where he landed the plane. I've forgotten his name. Um, uh, landed yeah, the plane in the Hudson. Saw the Statue of Liberty, all that sort of stuff. All those sort of classic um, New York things. Sally. Sully Sullenberger. That's it. That's it. The Canada one sounds amazing. Good question. Simboy Fat wants to know which of the old men did you meet first? I'm assuming that's just for Lavender. I think because I knew him anyway. I knew Nar before anyone else. Um, So uh, I knew that he was streaming and everything. So it it would be him. Yeah. And then I kind of got introduced to everyone else, which was amazing. So, yeah. Do we have any more, Ben? Yes, we have a voice note from... The Vincent. Hey, The Vincent here. Uh, quick question. Which game would you like to see get a remake? And I'll go first. Uh, Rampage, where you play as the animals uh, taking down buildings. I'd like to see that uh, with a big multiplayer function, having everyone play as the army and free people play as the animals. Uh, what would you like to see? So that is... Next week's guest, the Vincent. Oh, he's going to be next week. Oh, I was going to ask. He wants to know what game do you want to see remade? Great question. Thank you, the Vincent. Mm. I've got one. I have an easy one that comes immediately to my mind. If you want me to go first Mm -hmm. again. Super easy. The first Red Dead Redemption game. Because they have just announced that they are bringing it out for PC and new consoles. The original Red Dead Redemption game, but it's just going to be a straight up port. It's not a remaster because Red Dead Redemption 2 is my absolute favorite game of all time. Ooh. It is incredible. <laughs> and the depth that it goes into and the story and everything about it is amazing. And Red Dead Redemption 1 
follows on from Red Dead Redemption 2, confusingly. It's back to front. Oh. But, uh, if I could play Red Dead, the first Red Dead Redemption game in the engine and the map and everything and in depth as the Red Dead Redemption 2 game, I would do a little sex wee. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the dream for me. That is the easy answer for me. That's all I want. Good shout, mate. It's a good shout. Lavender? It's tricky for me because... I all the games that I play are quite new. I've, I haven't really got like a particularly old game, but I do remember one game I played years ago. It would have been I don't know, and it's not even that good a game. But I reckon like now they could kind of make it better. I don't know. Did you ever play Frogger? Oh yeah, yes. That sort of game, just a game like that. Like, I don't know. There's, there's loads of games like that, I guess now. But I just remember the rage that I used to get playing that game when I was like young, and I used to get so angry with it. But like, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I don't really have an answer, which kind of annoys me because it's a good question. Frogger <laughs> remake. I mean, there's no harm in yeah. saying Frogger <laughs> remake. Frogger remake. Why not? Come on in, Ben. Oh, I've had a, I had a little think about this, and I'm gonna go with Night Trap. I bet you're gonna go. What the hell is a Night Trap? What the hell's a night trap? Well, I'm glad you asked, Mark. <laughs> so, do you remember Mega CD or Sega CD, whatever you want to call it? It got it went by many names. It latched onto the bottom of a Mega Drive, right? And basically, the Mega CD, obviously, first of all, it was CD rather than cartridge. But they had a host of games where they were like what I would call a movie game, and you would play. It would. It, I mean, the quality was awful, but there was a particular game that was first sort of fairly new out when it came out called Night Trap, and you basically played a cameraed person who'd been asked by the... Hold on, I've got to read you out, read you out this name because you, you love this. You're part of <laughs> Scat. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't, that, isn't that poo? I'm confused. <laughs> it stands for the Sega Control Attack Team. And if you go and look it up later on YouTube, basically... Five girls have gone missing, and you've been asked to look into why they've gone missing, and you find out that one of the girls that's been invited up is part of the scat team, and <laughs> there's cameras. They've put cameras secretly all over the house, right? They put scat all over the house? There's scats uh. all over the house. <laughs> and basically, you get into it where you find out that actually the your host and hostess are secretly vampires, and oh you have to flick from camera to camera. What looking out for where they come in and they've set up traps within this house. God knows how they got in there to set all these traps up. And the <laughs> idea is you have to go from camera to camera. You can't see all the cameras, by the way. It's not that. And you go in and mm. these guys, they look like they were in bin bags coming. <laughs> they come in and they sort of, they're trying to capture the girls. And the idea is the more girls you save and the more vampires you trap, uh, you, you, you get a better ending. And it's, bless it, it, it looks old now. When you go back and look at it on, on YouTube, you'll go... It almost sounds like the original sort of inspiration for Five Nights at Freddy. Yeah. Similar, yeah, but it's all real people filmed on like other, worse than six, uh, 360. Oh, so it's actual oh, video? Oh, it's video, yeah. You are watching real people act out scenes And I thought it was a game. Oh, it is. Oh. But it's a, it's called, it's, it was called a movie game. Oh. So you oh, actually... Cool. So they're talking to the screen. That does sound that, quite interesting, Yeah, actually. so it's like, oh... I'm going in now, but don't worry. They don't know you can see them all and you go and you feel a bit pervy from time to time, unfortunately, because obviously it's a bunch <laughs> of girls you're looking over, but the the, the guys who come in in these, uh, these bin bags, 
They look epic. <laughs> but these are real people. Obviously, you can't communicate with them, but obviously it's all camera-driven. But it's very, very clever game. But that would that would look brilliant in today's world, if done in the same sort of fashion. 4K scat. 4K scat. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think that's about it. That is the episode. That is the episode. So... Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, as always. Thank you, Lavender, for being our guest this week. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Our pleasure. Where can we find you one more time? Uh, on twitch.tv forward slash lavender underscore rose underscore gaming. Awesome. Thank you very much. No worries. I have been Smith. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Marco and I've been Jones. You can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Bembis81. Please go and click our link tree, which can be found at a linktr.ee forward slash Old Men Army, where you can find the podcast, links to the Discord, the merch, which is oldmenmerch.com. And please go and follow the Old Men on Twitch. You have Marco Heater. You have SlimboyFat82. I am Tunny100 and Mr. Narkills. Next week's guest is The Vincent, and he will be joining us next week for some lovely fun, just like Lambda has this evening. Yes. That is it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we will say love you, bye, right here, right now. And Lavender is going to close with one of her poems. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. So this one is uh, it's called Tears in the Rain, and it's kind of a reference to a favourite film of mine, uh, Blade Runner, so it's part to that. You'd ask me to provide a wisdom, a lesson, and I'd choose this, a quote every time. When a door closes, a window opens. I'm just going to let that float for a moment. I started thinking about homes all very different, each room giving space and opportunity to restore, refresh and replenish ourselves, to seek sanctuary and maybe, just maybe, experience a revelation. Some rooms we spend longer in than others, a stronger sense of security perhaps, or just a coping mechanism. All these chances connected by doors, to some it's a simple thing, but I feel it deeper now. Like, could it really make a difference? When a door closes, a window opens. To those trapped by hurt, the overworkers, overthinkers, fresh air massages the aches and pain, trust me. That open window, even if it's a crack, a slither of a chance, but a chance all the same, you sense it. A gentle push of air onto the door on a summer's day, repeatedly knocking the frame. Yet you always close the door out of annoyance rather than the window. Once you find your window, a magnificent doorless room awaits, dying for you to be there so it can nurture and reward you. Unbelievably happy you took the leap to the expanses. And then you feel it. Well, actually, first you smell it, that sweet, acrid smell of emancipation incoming, a few speckles on your face, that beautiful smile slowly emerging. The tears roll gently. You make no effort to stop them, and so you shouldn't. Your skin feels alive, crawling, almost electric, like the rumbling storm in the distance, but no one would be able to tell. 
Then the downpour ensues, a godlike monsoon, it hits you. Looking up and laughing, your arms outstretched, twirling, not caring who sees, soaking every inch of you, washing away those stale thoughts that overstayed a welcome, you should never have extended them. But no one could tell between your tears and the rain. A pure happiness blossoms within you now. So if you'd asked me to provide wisdom, a lesson, it would simply be this. When a door closes, a window opens. Old Casters with Smith and Jones.